Oh boy, I got goosebumps right now. Yeah, this I got is really chills. thrilling. <laughs> this is really something spine. else. It's been years. It's been years. The walls have been closing in for uh-huh. years now. And finally, Donald Trump, him. he's in jail right now at this moment. He's clinking, he's <laughs> clinking an empty glass against the, an empty cup against the bars like that. Yeah. He's just hitting a rock with a pickaxe for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Those stripy suits. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Do you think cuz I know when they were talking like last week when the possibility of this indictment was coming down like do you think he's going to actually get like the whole perp walk thing cuz I know they were talking about like you know we'll we can maybe meet in the tunnels or you know, try to avoid the avoid the embarrassment or whatever. Do you think we're going to get a Donald Trump perp walk? I do. I think the Times reported today that they're going to go through the standard procedure for him too. Hey, you know Man. Mugshot, fingerprints, booking. I mean, we're at least going to see a mugshot, which is going to be hilarious. Uh, you know, <sighs> the the right wing, like the like the hardcore MAGA people who are like already facetune their profile pictures are going to facetune and be like, "I think he looks good here. This is the yeah. best mugshot I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I'm gonna when that if that day does come, I'm gonna put alerts on for Jeff Tedrick to see. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on any on any of those those zingers. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he's already having waste... a great day today. Uh, absolutely, and I love that for him. Frankly, I genuinely do. I genuinely do. And you know what? We should we shouldn't go too far. We we should keep some of our zingers to um, keep some of our zingers for our upcoming conversation with. And we apologize for this. Ken Klippenstein is going to be joining the show. As everyone God knows, he is banned from the show. He's actually physically banned from the premises of Insurgents HQ. The board went over our head on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, very unfortunate. In fact, we have to. We're gonna have to take a look at that whole structure and see what can be done about that. Um, they thought today was a day where it was momentous enough that we could have a temporary uh, lifting of the ban. We argued our case. You know, apparently we're we're the fucking hosts of the show but yeah who cares right who cares what we have to say anyway ken's coming ken ken is coming on the program to talk about this this momentous occasion and i i'll grudgingly admit that it was a good day to have uh uh, ken klippenstein return to the program (laughs) yeah we'll give it to him Ah. (laughs) Um, no it was it was fun he's he's always a blast uh i mean no this guy sucks he's banned yeah Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, we did want to rem- remind people our most recent episode for subscribers, or people we like to call paid interns, went up on Tuesday. It was or Wednesday. It was with Ari Drennan from Media Matters, who is their program director for LGBTQIA plus issues. Ari uh, joined us to talk about the rights ridiculous insane reaction to the shooting in Nashville on Monday and how they tried to leverage that to fuel more anti-trans hate. Great conversation with Ari. Yeah. got a lot of good feedback from some of the listeners. Uh, to hear that episode and all of our premium episodes, you can go to theinsurgents.substack.com. Just five bucks a month, you get an extra episode every week and you help keep this show going. We, we greatly appreciate 
uh, those of you who are able to subscribe. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks uh, so much to all our paid interns. Uh, we do, we really, really appreciate uh, the support uh, that we get from the audience of this show. I, like Jordan said, just to echo that really great conversation uh, this week um, with Ari. Uh, and yeah, I was really happy to get some, some of the feedback from that as people seem to really get something out of that, uh, out of that conversation. Um, so I hope people check that out. Let's get to now our, our talk with, frenemy of the show, Ken Klippenstein. You'll even hear that um, uh, Jordan and Ken came up with a, a nickname, a new nickname for me, which they're probably going to be saying mm-hmm. a year from now. And I'm going to be like mad, but pretending that I think it's funny and be like, hey, yeah, good one. Good one, guys. I already know uh, now that I I'm like going to be dealing with this for a while. So that's good. <laughs> and Ken Klippenstein will be, you know what? Now I'm forgetting how to pronounce his name. I thought I had this. Isn't it Klippenstein? Klippenstein? It you could know, be either. Who cares? Ken's, Ken will be joining the program right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Let's go. <laughs> it's all, a momentous day. All of Jeff Tiedrich's uh, hard work has finally paid off. He did it. Sir, this, this is not a Wendy's. It's a prison cell. How about that? <laughs> oh, my God. Or, or, the timeline. Look at my timeline. Do people think this means he's like in jail now? <laughs> I don't that's not what it means I thought that was what it means what do you mean well it's one step of many that has to happen in order well, to end in that no they they tried they tried to apprehend him today and haul him <laughs> off to jail but they used regular handcuffs and his hands <laughs> slipped out <laughs> no, none of the AI algorithms Rob's losing it over that one <laughs> that was good that was very good <laughs> been working on that one all day. I've been cooking. Yeah, you, you, were cooking for <laughs> you were waiting for that. You were waiting. You were waiting. You were ready. You were locked and loaded with that one. <laughs> oh boy. Or how about Orange Man? Bad, but Orange Jumpsuit. Good. Call, call it Orange Justice. <laughs> yeah. Orange Julius Caesar. E two. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. E two Ron. This is Rift City you? here. <laughs> Let's get it out of our system. Let's get it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what's funny. It's like we all know. We all know. Most likely that nothing will even come of this. Yep. Totally. Like we all. We're all aware of that. We're all aware that the most insufferable people are going to be end zone dancing over this while Trump probably still somehow wriggles his way out of it and then probably cruises to a. The Republican nomination for president, but it's like I think despite that, you can still just in a moment like this just take the time to just just soak it in and enjoy it, you know. Before the realization of everything sets in, just can just have fun with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can get lost in the uh, fantasy by just looking at what the right wing is reacting. Like they agree just as much as the resistance liberals that he's behind bars now. Like judging from the reaction. Yeah. He's a political prisoner. And the like his family specifically 
on this type of issue, like their complaints, the Trump family's complaints have been around, oh, this is politically motivated. This is politically motivated. We're a third world country, you know, invoking overtones of corruption and, you know, uh, prosecutorial overzealousness. They have spent the last several years making his political presence and largely part of their campaign in 2016, 2020, and even still recently about locking up their political opponents. You know, it was lock her up for Hillary. They wanted, yeah. I just saw a headline today from 2019, locking up Hunter Biden. <laughs> for, for what? Like, if you're, if you're mad he took money from some Ukrainian company, is that a, a criminal offense? Is that just a, more of an ethical issue? Regardless, that has been like one of their defining chants at his rallies over the past several years. And now they're like, how dare you call for the imprisonment of your political adversary? We, the gall. It's just they're, they, they're, they're, they are the least sympathetic family in the entire political arena on this issue specifically. So it's been hilarious to watch them act like they're these innocent victims. I was even thinking of the Hunter Biden and Clinton stuff. I was just thinking of the general like tough on crime, like broken windows policing. Yeah. Like w- what happened to that? Isn't the idea that you're sure. going to prosecute even the tiniest thing so that it sends some kind of a uh, message to the system that other people like, well, isn't this, isn't this exactly that? Something that probably a lot of people look at and think, eh, you know, yeah. it's not the worst crime. <clears throat> yeah. Well, but now we're taking it, those seriously. I thought that's it. It's like, you can't even like uh, use this kind of like uh mob boss style language to direct your shady lawyer to pay off hush money to an adult film actress using campaign funds illegally anymore in this country. What's this country coming to? Is that, I think that's about like the gist of what you. this, that's not me. That's not me. Those the sirens are the sirens are the coming for someone. Coming to arrest uh, Ken. Yeah. yeah, they're coming for Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think on the on the criminal justice point, I mean, this is the Law and Order Party, or so they frame themselves. But what their reactions today illustrate is their idea and sense of justice is a two tiered one. It's yeah, sure, we're happy to lock up poor and working class people for petty offenses, throw the book at them, make an example out of them so we feel better about ourselves. How, God forbid, you come after anyone who's rich or powerful. That's the way an ideal justice system works for them. A system they can exploit and that poor and working class people, and specifically poor and working class black people in this country, are crushed in the gears of. Well, that's really the funniest thing to me about all these reactions we're seeing from these right-wing guys right now saying America's a police state. I just saw... Glenn Beck was on uh, Tucker Carlson ranting about this. America has become a police state. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yes, it is a police state. It's got the that's <laughs> it's got the largest prison population in the world by far. Absolutely. You know, remember those George Floyd protests from just a couple years ago that all of these people, down to a man and woman, were fervently on the side of the police and cheering on the police to beat the shit out of protesters on a nightly basis. You know, the thing that all of you people you know, supported the police fervently. Yeah, that's uh, all those people are now complaining about the America being a police state because one, you know, their 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 guy, their guy is getting nabbed. But yeah, I find that funny that it's they literally they literally anytime anyone tries to suggest that America is in fact a police state and protest about that, they're like, someone called the police on these people. This is outrageous, and now they're very upset. So. <laughs> 
Ken, what was your reaction when you heard uh, that Donald Trump was being indicted? Sadness for what this means for our country. The stain <laughs> that it puts on that office. A dark day, yeah. Uh-huh. The idea yeah, that a president of America would do something illegal or immoral, it's just never happened before in American history. <laughs> yeah, none have been Disgusting. prosecuted, so that means that they've not done anything, right? Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is the first time one has ever done anything... Yep. That warrants a grand jury. Well, and that's in moments like this too, I find myself, I'm trying to have, having to restrain myself from doing the whole sanctimonious thing. Like, you know, it is actually more of a crime to, you know, blow up a hospital or a funeral or a wedding uh, and, you know, or invade a country illegally and kill millions of people. That's actually a more severe crime than anything that, that Trump's being accused of right now. But it's like, you know what, despite that, I still think I can enjoy I can enjoy uh, the actual this the the actual indictment coming down and the idea that there might be some legal consequences for Trump, regardless of all that stuff. I can still appreciate it, you know. And actually, I think as a way to like throw a bone to these conservative guys, and a way to show that it, they're not being biased, I think they should lock up Hillary as well. And then you get both, and then there, you know you got one from one side and one from the other side, so they can't complain that there's any bias. That's my favorite counter argument with this is like, well, you know, it, first they're coming for Trump, then they're going to start applying the law to the Democrats too. You won't like that too much, will you? And it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel fine with that. Like, yeah, if that anyone's actually, committing crimes at like, the highest levels of government on either side, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it reminds me there's that, that quote, um, Will Watts Law. I've never had to say that out loud until just now, but I think it's a, it's a really accurate description of the conservative movement and like how they're reacting right now um, is a perfect summation of that. He says conservatism consists of exactly one proposition to it. There must be in groups whom the law protects, but does not bind alongside out groups whom the law binds, but does not protect um, that kind of like Steve that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that sort of sacred <laughs> edict is being violated right now, and that's why they're freaking out so much. Because this is not—it's not the way that the law in America is supposed to work or be applied. Yeah, if you we, asked me what my thought was, and I'm sorry to have made light of that. My 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 earnest response to finding out about um, Trump Trump's and in, Trump's indictment, the grand jury deciding to indict uh, former President Donald Trump, was you're telling me this just now. This is the first I'm hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling John in the life. background. Yeah. yeah. Can we get that? <laughs> what was it? Small lady? <laughs> A tiny dancer? <laughs> tiny small dancer. Yeah. Lady. The plain Whoops. sound. That Elton John banger, <laughs> small lady. <laughs> I think I heard that and I didn't totally process it uh, at, at once. Small lady. That's, that's wonderful. Blue jean baby. Yeah. Little lady. You can see how it sounds kind of. Yeah, no, it's exactly the same. Um, you know who else I was remembering today was because uh, I've been thinking a lot about Mueller. Like every time, every time this conversation comes up, I think about the obsession with Mueller and how deranged that was in the year or two, like that exceptionally long period of time when Mueller was all getting talked about all the time. They were doing Mueller songs on SNL. Um, yeah, exactly the 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 Krasenstein book with the cartoon where he has his shirt off and stuff, but. Michael Avenatti as well. I think we should not forget him at this moment. I think he's 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 in prison right now. He's right? in federal prison for yeah. like fifteen years. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I just watched like out. a highlight reel like of all the 
MSNBC talking heads being like, this is the guy. He Trump is afraid of this guy. We need to make this guy run for president. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really, in retrospect, these people have been really crushing it over the last couple of years talking about this. He was one of the worst examples of that this dynamic that I've talked about a few times on this show of when liberals see somebody on MSNBC enough they eventually just become horny for that person. <laughs> you know, it was it was him, remember the Hadi Avenatti thing and then Cuomo it was the Cuomo sexual oh, thing. Oh, that's right, Cuomo sexual. He got yeah. he got canceled. And then it's like Steve Kornacki this guy just give me good news yes. in khakis and it's just like yeah. the horniness for steve Kornacki. it just shows <laughs> this isn't really rooted in any you know objective attractiveness or any sort of sexual energy it's just i'm staring at my tv so much that i eventually become horny for whoever's on it <laughs> it's ridiculous it's so fucking ridiculous but avenatti was like the first one i remember them doing this for yeah what was it basta that was his big it's thing it yeah it was particularly funny given the demographics of, of these cable news outlets. So it's like, you'll go on Twitter and it's like all of these women over age, like 55, just like, <laughs> just letting it all hang out for, yeah. this, for this guy. Sexually frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Just like, at the, and they're like, they get to Steve Kornack. It's like, just give me a dick. I don't care. Any, any dick. <laughs> I just think in general, I think that's the funniest thing about this moment because it's just been like, I'm, we're thinking about all these guys, the Jeff Tedericks, the Michael Avenatti's, Robert Mueller. Like, there's just been this long string of people. But um, the way that, like, it's been like six years of the walls are closing in. Like, he's, he's any any moment now, we're gonna get, we're gonna nail this guy to the wall. It's been literally like a, a, the better part of a decade now, as as weird as that is to admit of these people insisting that he's going he's gonna to be faced some kind of legal consequences for his very obvious corruption and numerous crimes you could point to. Um, and that's just the funniest thing. It's like, no matter what, no matter what happens, whether any actual consequences do come down or what's going to go on, it's just overall, it's just, it's funny as this culmination of the, of this years long narrative that these people have promoted that, 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 you know, they're going to, they're going to get him at any moment, any day now. And they've been strung along this long. And it's like, it finally came. It's really, truly amazing. It's like the liberal equivalent. It's like Q. They've, they finally yeah. renditioned everyone to Guantanamo. It's happening. <laughs> Patriots are in control. Just trust the, trust the plan. Yeah. Trust Has, the plan. Have you seen, have you seen any reactions that always seem to pop up in moments like this where you know, clout chasing parents make up a conversation with their like toddler and their toddler always has some like profound or artistic response, like doing the Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever post or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it's, here we go. Have you seen anything like that? I think we, we need one of those today. And if there isn't one out there, we can yeah. just do one from the insurgents Twitter account. Yeah. We, we can expect there's something like we've used the relaxed labor the laws. Just, we have a child intern at the office. <laughs> <laughs> we just told our intern. We just told our intern statement. Ken parentheses seven. <laughs> I'm gonna write it right now. You guys yeah. should get a. Uh, did you see this? It, I can't remember. If it was I think it was Malaysia where they were exploiting like monkey labor to do like tasks. What? Did you see okay. this? No, this is a real thing. They were That's like crazy. using monkeys in like factories or something. So maybe you should, maybe you could get something like Look that. Look into that. One of these little get a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters. See if they can 
yeah. come up come up with something good. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was yeah, the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. To support our to support our uh, monkey labor uh, endeavor, please subscribe at theinsurgents.substack.com. Yeah. Five bucks a month can save one monkey uh, for an entire year. <laughs> oh man, what kind of monkeys are we talking here, though? Chimpanzees. Isn't it like oh, the capucins, like those They've little ones? Like they like help people around the house and stuff. Yeah, helper monkeys. Like I feel like there's more monkeys? than one kind of. There's more than one kind of service monkey, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not totally familiar. So we got to know the, what we're all the various. We're talking, you got to. It's a. This is a consumer rights thing. You got to let the listeners know who they're benefiting here. You know, Ken. I when, when this news broke, I was excited that we already had you booked because we wanted you to come on already to talk about this spat between DeSantis and Trump. And earlier today, you posted an ad that Trump's campaign launched attacking DeSantis because of his stance on, you know, in support of cutting social welfare programs like Social Security. You point out he's attacking from the left on that point. You know, this is something that many Republicans ultimately want, but they kind of dance around it, use different language like sunsetting or, you know, just proposing that it's a market-based system, which means, you know, privatizing it ultimately. But then in the response to the news that Trump was indicted, DeSantis ran to his defense. You've been watching these two go at it. You've been having some really funny uh, takes and responses to their spats. What do you make of Ron DeSantis' response in this moment. It reminds me most of Ted Cruz in 2016 yeah. after uh, Trump called his wife ugly. Or so, do you remember yeah. the meme? He posted a picture of yeah. his wife crying or something and her makeup running. And then next to his next to his wife. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think the text was one photo says it all or something like that. And then and then <laughs> juxtaposing that with Cruz hitting the phones for this guy like weeks later to, to support him. Knowing with that the sheepish the, grin on his face too. Party. Yeah. <laughs> just like looking away. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of the most because Trump has just been hammering this guy. I mean, he's been like he's called a pedo. pedo. He's called. Yeah. yeah. Like it's posting loser pictures behavior. of yeah. pictures that he says is him with high school girl, like immediately from zero to a thousand. Like there was no middle kind no. of like progression. To, it was just the hammer came down immediately when not even, yeah. and keep in mind, he's not even running. On the possibility that he might run, that's like unacceptable, and Trump is going to bury. Is Trump is trying to bury him? And then the, some context to this too is that um, when 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 Trump first told the media incorrectly that um, he was going to be arraigned on Tuesday, I think it was of last week, um, DeSantis put out a kind of mealy mouthed statement that I thought was just really vintage DeSantis, where he's trying to sit on the fence and, and appease the MAGA supporters, but then also appease the 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 uh, political independents and and relative moderates in the party um, by saying uh, do, do you guys remember the statement he's like well I don't know what it's like to be accused of yeah, giving yeah. hush money to a porn star I don't know anything about that because I'm 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 Mr Rogers I'm just such a great guy I wouldn't deal kind of signaling yeah. to, to to people I'm the safe choice pick me but then he went on to say um, you know but this is a political prosecution blah, blah blah and the base was furious. I don't know if you remember this, but there were people that were even DeSantis supporters. They were coming out saying like, this is completely unacceptable. You have to support your side. Like the, the, this, this wishy-washy response is like, so they basically gave him no credit for it because it was trying to 
you know, right both sides of the issue. And so now I see what he's saying now is an attempt at like correcting that, but you can't put the Pandora back in the box. Like everyone's already angry at him. And this is just going to make him look even more wishy-washy. And you see this again and again, I've been paying very close attention to the conflict between him and Trump. You'll very frequently see him misread the room. I think any Republican would have understood you can't have some moderate position on, on Trump's being indicted, but this guy's political instincts are, are such that he completely missed that. And now he has to try to walk it back. And he's done this on a number of different issues. It's very comical to see where he misreads the situation and then he tries to walk it back later, not realizing it just makes him look like a phony. And that's been Trump's whole thing about hitting him on is calling him a phony, you know? So, yeah. Uh, do you think there's a possibility that because DeSantis hasn't announced yet and it seems like poll after poll is showing that Trump is pulling away. I mean, I don't even, I don't think this is going to change people's opinion on the right very much. I think uniformly the people are going to support him. You might have a few people who already didn't like him be vocal in their criticism, but do you think there's a chance that this, you know, DeSantis ultimately just vies for running mate with Trump? I don't, I mean, Trump is so vindictive um, that I can't imagine he, he, he would even entertain that to the point that it could ever be, Considered and and the idea you know, that Trump he is even challenging that. him uh, is it, just like so offensive to him, right? Well, you saw Trump just a, a couple of weeks ago. In in some ways, this can be a useful tool that that um, politicians can have. So he's talking about um, how he he claimed that he kept the Federal Reserve interest rates low because he said, I think he said, I uh, he said he said um, something like I I let loose hell on on the um, Federal Reserve chair um, dur- during his administration, and you compare that w- with with this administration where they're hiking interest rates in the context of, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, s- slowing employment and, um, all the other problems that we're having. And it's like the white house hasn't said anything. I mean, there's a whole range of options between, um, you know, saying I'm going to fire you as Trump did. And according to Trump in that interview a few days ago, he said that that had the effect of making federal reserve chair Powell back off of the interest rate hikes. There's probably a bunch of things between that and doing nothing. Unfortunately, we were on the doing nothing side, at least, from what we can tell publicly. Um, but anyways, you know, that's his political calculus. And I think in some ways it works for him. And I think it'll work for him um, in the primary because everyone is going to watch DeSantis get stomped. And what message are the other Republicans who might've considered running going to take back from that? It's going to be like, well, maybe I'll just sit this one out. <laughs> look what happened to, look what happened to this guy. And I feel like the conservative movement doesn't really, it's not like they've got this deep bench where they've got other people that they can throw up against Trump that have really have any chance. Like the way, well, the way that Trump has dominated the, the conservative movement so much. Yeah. So to speak to one thing, so so Trump has a unique appeal to um, uh, voters with a, without a college degree, uh, with just a high school education. He has a, for whatever reason he has an appeal to those types of voters that not just um, does DeSantis not, but none of the other Republicans do, and and perhaps none of them um, prior to Trump either. So so in some ways he's a really um, you know unique candidate for the party. And um, to answer your question before uh, about what effect this might have on his election, I mean, people flatten things and talk about this as though there's one election. It's like it's going to have one effect on the general election, which I think could be negative because that includes political independence. But it's going to have another effect on the primary, which is what he's looking at right now. And I would guess that that I mean, I imagine that'll be a positive effect because there's going to be a rally around the flag sort of support support the dear leader that's under it. And his whole pitch, which he's having problems um he would have had problems articulating is I'm the outsider candidate that the elites are against. How are you going to do that after you're president for four years and you pass the tax bill that all the elites wanted and did all these things that 
that the that the that the yeah. uh, financial elites wanted. Well, ta-da, now you have this indictment that you can point to and say you're being persecuted. So I would imagine at least in the primary context that it's going to help them. Yeah, I think that's kind of a funny situation where you have these these conservative commentators kind of doing this sort of funny and awkward mental gymnastics where they're they're saying like here's how this is actually a good thing, like and trying to spin it as if he's just going to has this like one-way ticket to the White House. Like you're saying, I do think there is an element of truth to it. I think there is a way that like this does like you said, uh, affirm Trump's case, despite the fact that when he was president, he bowed down and did everything the establishment wanted, yeah. like you're pointing out. Um, but I do think, I mean, especially people that are plugged into this conservative media ecosystem that really don't even view, even if you don't think it's like worthwhile prosecuting, but they view this as a specifically a Soros-funded, undemocratic, like banana republic, just going after him for no reason thing. Like that's what a lot of people believe about this. So- um, I, I do think, like well, you said, it in did, primaries did, are so, un- I mean, yeah, so few people vote in primaries, you know, <laughs> like it, it's going to be a group of individuals that's not representative of the, of the country or even yeah, that political party. I think people that are super involved in Republican primaries. Yeah, absolutely. Depraved people. Sickos that, that have yeah. podcasts about the news and politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just scrolling Twitter. It's just so, it's so hard not to just scroll Twitter right now and just see all the absolute chaos. I know. <laughs> it's so entertaining. Like and like I said before, it's like I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to enjoy it. I'm just trying to enjoy it while it's before the before it turns sour, before the reality sets in. You know, it's fun. It's like remember the time when when Trump right. would reveal that he had COVID. Um, that was a that was an incredible an incredible night of posting. You know, you both uh, that and the Kofifi, the, the evening that Trump treated Kofifi as well. That was very enjoyable. When for a few hours, like even though you know it wasn't true, for a few hours you could think that he got so mad when he was sitting on the toilet that he just collapsed or something like that <laughs> mid sentence. You know, just that's like what I mean. Style, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's I didn't. You know, I thought that was unlikely when that was going on, but it was fun for that moment just to just to get lost in that. And I think that's what we're, tonight is in it magical evening where you can kind of have that innocence restored. One thing that's special about Trump's media presence, just going back to Kafifi, I feel like this is illustrative of, of who DeSantis is. Trump never addressed that despite all the memes and everything. If this was DeSantis, he would have been like, Hey, it's the Kofifi guy. Check it out. Everyone like trying to ride that wave in a very (laughs) obvious way. You know, I feel like people uh, like, you know, Trump's done all sorts of awful things, obviously, but it's like, he really does have a talent at a specific type of, um, I don't know, projecting some sort of media authenticity that 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 um, DeSantis just does not. Well, the thing, like the thing is, Trump has charisma, like he does. And as yeah. much as people have tried to promote DeSantis as being like, oh, he's like the competent Trump, he's going to do all the evil thing that that Trump wanted to do, but he's going to be, but he doesn't, he just doesn't have the same thing. Even when he's trying to do Trump's mannerisms and he's trying to be bombastic and he's trying, he has zero personality. He's like just like a walking cardboard box. Uh, he has no charisma. He's got nothing. And that's not really something you can replicate. He's you like can't just the, replicate that by trying to have zingers or one-liners or doing mannerisms. It's a, Trump has this this intangible it factor that it's just impossible to to match the energy of. Yeah, but to say it's just it, I watch a lot of these things because I'm curious about the dynamic between the two, and it's like it feels like it's like Chat GPT for MAGA. It's like sort of yeah. garbled and like a little bit mistranslated. <laughs> something is just a little off about it. And you can't even quite put your finger on it, but it's just not convincing, you know? And what I love, I love that pitch, that, that idea that 
the base wants um, Trump without the drama. Like the drama is Trump. You, these are insoluble component. You can't yeah. remove that from the. It's like saying I'd really want some uh, water without the hydrogen molecule. Like it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, well, can I uh, on DeSantis specifically? You had a piece last week uh, about uh, the these coke backed groups who are even criticizing. DeSantis for his attacks on journalists. Could you give people a rundown of what that was? Because it doesn't seem like outside of the extreme fringe, there even there even is uniform support behind DeSantis as well. He certainly has his fair share of critics for his, you know, leverage of the culture war issues to try to gain steam. Yeah, the Republican Party is more variegated than I think people um, generally recognize. And specifically on, on DeSantis, there are uh, fissures and, and cracks that are emerging um, uh, far, far beyond what I thought beyond just MAGA. So for example, um, the, the, uh, Charles Koch who, who finances, um, this group called fire, it stands for freedom of individual rights and expression. It's kind of like the ACLU. Um, and then, uh, he, they finance another group called, um, the, uh, uh, American and or I can't remember what the uh, other, it's like their big flagship, uh, organization that focuses on like economic liberties, quote unquote. And so both of them, I found, I looked through the, through these lobbying disclosures around a, a piece of Florida legislation um, that would make it so that it's easier to sue, not just journalists, but people generally for um, defamation. And so like anyone that posts something, basically it, the, the goal is to try to um, change uh, case law established by what's called New York Times v. Sullivan, which is where we, we establish a, a case law making a dis- distinction between public individuals and private individuals. So the reason you can go online and say, you know, Trump has tiny hands or whatever, or, or it is because there's <laughs> – I got to pause for the audience uh, yeah. laughter there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw it a sound uh, cue there. It, it, is because um, public individuals have have legal protections that pro- what are called private individuals, like people that are not you know elected officials or billionaires or people in the public eye, don't have, and so they want to adjust that. And it's a very carefully orchestrated piece of legislation that's designed to make its way to the Supreme Court. And that DeSantis himself in speeches had said, "Oh, he, they're trying to game out how many." He's like, "Yeah, I think we could peel off a number of justices to to do this." And this would just what's interesting about this legislation is it not only has upset you know anyone who likes the the system we have instead of like the British system where everyone quivers in fear of, of rich people and can't write anything about powerful people. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to write anything about powerful people because the assumption is that if you write something, you have to, um, the burden of proof is, is to prove that it's true rather than, um, prove that it's not false. So it's like a completely different paradigm that would change all media. Conservative media is really upset about this too, for obvious reasons, because the um, talk radio stations in Florida are really upset about it because they rely on all kinds of invective and things that, that would become a lot more difficult under this new legal regime. So again, going back to what I was saying before, I think DeSantis really misread the room in voicing support for this legislation, because what happened was before this legislation, there was another similar bill that was um, proposed to require any blogger operating in the state of Florida writing about elected officials to register with the government, which is like so Orwellian that it was like a a lot of anti-government conservatives didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, not just conservatives. And so it's like, again, another misread because it's the same politician that introduced that legislation end up having to walk it back um, which, by the way, I think DeSantis um, expressed initial support for, walked that back. And now with this bill, 
um, they, they introduced it. And what I found was that um, uh, the, the two Charles Koch organizations are actually lobbying against it formally. And Koch is one of uh, DeSantis' biggest supporters. Koch is one of the conservative billionaires that came out very early on and said, we are not supporting Trump. Um, and, you know, so that's a very powerful interest to have to have in, in the other guy's corner. And so I just thought these fissures were interesting. It's like, wow, even your own guys don't have your back on this, you know. And, yeah, and what was interesting was after the story, then DeSantis put out a statement kind of distancing himself a little bit from it. So it's like, again, you're seeing that same um, tendency where he, he misreads something and then kind of tries to walk it back. And then it just is sending, I don't know, I think people seem to perceive that as like he's, he's, he's wishy-washy. DeSantis seems to have like this positive reinforcement clout brain as his yeah. guide for his political strategy and approach. And maybe it's also partially his team. His team seems to be very active online. Uh, I'd imagine that affects their advice. Trump was hammering him on that. Did you see this uh, truth that he posts on Truth Social? It's like the equivalent of tweets. He says, <laughs> he says uh, DeSantis' candidacy is going down in flames. Um, because he he uh, he listens to his consultants too much. His decisions are so slow because he has to run it by. And and I gotta say, when he's right, he's right. And it's like it really does feel like he's because again, like for him to correct the ship on these catastrophic decisions, he makes the back legislation that ends up not being popular among his own base, or to say something about Trump being arrested. It's like days later that he issues something else. So it's like I I do think there's probably something what Trump is uh, what Trump is saying. I think DeSantis just sees positive reinforcement from his own echo chamber on culture war things. And it's just kind of this Pavlovian response where, hey, if I do this, if I get this base of people riled up, just keep throwing them red meat, that's going to pay dividends in the long run. But he hasn't really thought some of them through like that. We've we saw specifically in, in this most recent midterm how that's not a nationally viable electoral strategy, maybe in safe, deep red districts. Yeah. But that's why Republicans didn't have as good of a showing as they expected in the house, because so many people ran on things like continuing attacks on abortion rights, continuing attacks on trans people. And like we just on the trans issue specifically, we talked about last episode that isn't as popular as the most ardent fringe Republicans think it is. People don't like that. Generally speaking, people don't like that. And this weird obsession with these culture war issues, attacking teachers, that's going to be deeply unpopular. Going after, I'm not going to cape for Disney, but going after like one of the biggest employers in the state on hollow culture war issues, that's going yeah. to backfire because but that is woke, one of the though. biggest corporations in the fucking world. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just, they're going, they're going to punch back and it's not going to be good. Yeah. I think there's probably a lot of Americans, like even conservative Americans that are like, well, we don't need to turn the whole country into Florida. Like maybe we can still isolate, <laughs> isolate that down there and we don't need to spread that entire thing to the entire nation. Another funny thing I find about DeSantis also is that, you know, with all these different ways that Trump is finding to attack him, the thing that's kind of left on the table is the fact that he's this like creepy torture lawyer as well. But you realize that the conservative movement, that's actually just going to make him more popular. So you can see why they don't really bring that one out as, a, as to attack him in any way. He was in the JAG Corps yeah. in, in Guantanamo. Yeah, he's a sicko. Uh, speaking of torture, though, Ken, you had a story yesterday Matt Gates's legislative aide is a convicted war criminal. Uh, it, 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 I guess not surprising, but other uh, than but it that, makes he's you a great wonder guy. whether 
Yeah. Are they, is he just not vetting people or does he just not care? What's your read on that? And what is uh, Derek Miller, who does military policy for Gates? What's his, what's his story? Yeah. So he served in Afghanistan uh, and I believe it was in 2011. Um, he was uh, securing a perimeter around a uh, mortar position that they had set up. Um, and an Afghan civilian, age 27, I think it was, um, crossed into the perimeter. He starts interrogating him to find out, you know, why, why he did. And during the course of the interrogation, um, he he straddles him, has him down prone on the ground, and then shoots him in the head and uh, disposes of the corpse in a latrine. Um, and according to the prosecutors, um, they heard him saying, "Oh, he lied, so I, you know, I killed him." Um, and so. Uh, what's particularly extraordinary about it um, was that, yeah, he's advising not just Matt Gates, the Florida Republican congressman, but he's specifically advising him on defense and Gates sits on the House Armed Services Committee. So this is his express like uh, portfolio um, to have oversight of. And I'm quite sure that they knew that uh, what the guy's background was because um, this guy had become a sort of cause celebre among the um, conservative right during um, the Trump administration. Um, they, uh, you know, it was this big culture war issue. We got to, we have to, um, not prosecute this Navy SEAL that had, um, stabbed to death a 17 year old, um, ISIS fighter who was a prisoner uh, as a, a serious war crime. Um, Eddie Gallagher, he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And so it became this big thing. It was like, we got to, you know, back our guys or whatever. And Trump, that was the guy that Trump um, pardoned, pardoning. right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and so there were a few other cases. This one was perhaps less well known, but it was, well known among the kind of part of the conservative right that 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 you know made a big thing of this, and so he was another one of these cases. So what ended up happening was there was a big lobbying push by um, uh, Republican Congress people, including um, Louis Gohmert, I think was one that put out a statement in support and was lobbying President Trump to try to try to get him released. So it was after that lobbying that um, the uh, military court system ended up, um, uh, uh, since he was eligible pr- for parole. Um, giving giving him parole after I think it was initially a lifetime sentence, um, but it was after eight years in prison, and so then they they let him go, and now he's working for um, Gates, and he had actually worked for um, before that. I think he worked for Gomert's office, so Gates wasn't the only Republican that he worked for. Um, and there was actually there's actually a committee in Congress um, made up of all Republicans who uh, I don't remember what the name of the committee was, but their their express job is to go around in in lobby for the released or commutation or whatever of, of, of sentences of, of people that they think are unfairly, uh, uh, conv- were unfairly convicted of war crimes. Lovely, lovely people. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> there's a big part of the movement that it's, uh, yeah, that's a selling point for them. All this shit. Pretty gross. I just realized yeah, I th- the one thing that could happen right now that would really take this to all, take this whole thing to the next level where it would be if, if Trump were to tweet right now, because we know his account is reinstated, that would be the thing that could happen right now that I think would maybe, I think Twitter would just shut down. I think it would just break if he were to do that right now. I think that would be the... Trump innocent! Yeah, that would be the culmination. That would well, be fantastic. I mean, it, if you really, it's, it's Here's the thing. The media reactions, you know, on MSNBC, they're going to be rabid like this is it his time is finally here we got him on fox there's going to be a lot of defense but i did just see a clip from it looks like hannity aired a couple minutes ago uh one of our nation's top 
legal minds on there breaking down the case. And he said, let me tell you about Michael Cohen. He is not through with his problems. He just tweeted about me saying, because I had attacked his credibility, that I was involved with underage girls on Epstein's Island. I'm about to sue him for defamation. So Alan Dershowitz out there, one of our nation's top legal minds, breaking down the issues, uh, the core issues of this case, invoking yep. you know some of the most pressing issues, which is Alan Dershowitz's friendship and time spent with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> It's extremely well, he's funny. had a lot of problems. The people at the hand don't even want to hang like, out Hey, with guys, just a, just a reminder. This is my backstory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny. He's so I'm excited invites. for what this thing about tr- Trump accusing another Republican of being a pedo. I feel like that's something that could bl- blossom into a more common – because usually they reserved it for the left. But now that they're turning their guns inward, they could get they could get quite – uh, amusing. I do find it kind of fascinating how, like, with the whole QAnon phenomenon, I was kind of thinking about this the other day about how after January 6th and, like, the big social crackdown on that because QAnon had been such a big part of the conspiracy right that led to the, or the that that was involved in, deeply in the propagating uh, this narrative about Trump uh, throughout his presidency and then after the election that the election had been stolen and stuff. And then, of course, there's this big crackdown. Uh, and it kind of went away, but really, like, didn't the whole QAnon ethos went totally mainstream in the conservative movement? Like this fixation on child predators and grooming, and now just like just calling everyone yeah, that they I don't like right. a pedo. I mean, this is just completely normal yeah, part of the conservative movement. That now. was my first, yeah, that was my first reaction when I saw DeSantis, and it, I think Jordan's totally right. It's like he's in this echo chamber of just the guys that you need to win the primary, not thinking about what then would happen when you've taken the, the, the Q mantle and just ran with it. But it's like, yeah, the, the the worst, most fringe stuff like three years ago is now like an everyday. Yeah. They're saying about like teachers and like, just like municipal officials. And it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. It was like, it was like Hillary and Uma Abedin and, and you know, people that were like, I mean, you shouldn't say false things about anybody, but it's like, it was at least about like pretty powerful people who could defend themselves. Yeah. And now it's about like a middle school teacher or something. Yeah. And yeah, you, you totally hate to see them turn it against each other like that. And you know, yeah, it's a real, real shame. Damn shame. Yeah. I can't help but think that like, if somehow, uh, you know, if any real legitimate legal consequences came to Trump and which is, I, I still, no matter what happens would, will believe that on the day that it happens and will imagine still that, it will won't amount to anything. But if DeSantis did actually end up being the nominee somehow, I just feel like a DeSantis versus Biden. Because I mean, you know, a matter you matter you can talk all the talk about all the terrible things that Biden has done, and you know the ways that he's been a disappointment and a failure. But I just feel like in terms of like that head to head matchup, Biden would just destroy DeSantis. I think it's when you when you see DeSantis cultivating this ex, like extremely reactionary. Florida-based echo chamber that of these the most diehard conservative weirdos just fixating on these trans issues all the time, zero charisma, and Biden's just going to be getting ice cream and driving a Corvette and rambling, you know, and he's, you know, <laughs> you saw you saw it like the after the the, he's the just flooding like, in in Florida when you saw Biden down there back slapping with people and DeSantis with his little boots walking around like there's just no, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just don't think he would stand a chance at all, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like the last few weeks 
have been the first time he's really been battle tested because you look at I feel like to some extent Republicans were kind of getting high on the fumes of his defeating this corpse, uh, Christ, who's like this really old statesman who, uh, you know, didn't seem to run a very effective campaign in Florida. And then they they take from that and are extrapolating, oh, so he must be able to win the presidency. It's like, well, Florida is a very peculiar political landscape. Like, I don't think you can necessarily, <laughs> you know, project that onto the rest of the country. That's because he won in that state. Yeah. That he's a viable national uh, figure. And then um, to see him under uh, uh, in conflict for the first time on among his own on his own side, uh, the it feels like a lot. I mean, you know, he's trying to cultivate this sort of strongman thing, and I feel like he's looking a lot more like Jeb in like the last several weeks of of Trump just picking on him. Yeah, and he hasn't yeah. been on a yeah. debate stage or anything yet. Like Trump's going to call a meatball right. Ron one time at a debate, and is just he's just going to melt. He's going to implode. You get a lot of haters on the dissectimonious thing, but I always thought it was an effective nickname because like it really disarms. It really disarms. Not necessarily that I love it uh, in a visceral way, but yeah. it's like a, it's a strategy that makes it so that DeSantis can't come back and say, you know, Trump is embarrassing the party or whatever, because then he just fits into the nickname of Ron DeSantis. Everything he <laughs> says now fits into that rubric of he's being sectimonious. <laughs> so he's got his hands tied behind his back and he can't say anything. And because his one move. He can't really go after Trump hard and alienate the base. His one move is to act like he's this Glenn Youngkin moderate dad figure who's above it all. And now he can't do that because he's Ron DeSanctimonious. So in in a way, I feel like that was a really clever uh, move on Trump's part. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of growing on me. Rob, you you alluded to it, and I I don't Rob DeSanctimonious. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm good with that. Well, let's uh, pump the brakes maybe me- on that. Meatball Rob. Meatball Rob. <laughs> That's Meatball Rob Rousseau. That, that kind of works, and I I take no pleasure in reporting this. Oh, this is it. <laughs> yep. This is good. I'm Anime Jordan. Now you're Meatball Rob. Oh, boy. Uh, but well, you were alluding to it earlier, and I'll I, I want to frame this, this conversation not in the way... <laughs> Good luck, pal. I am HR. Uh, <laughs> I've got Judy in my back pocket. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm paying her under the table. Yeah. This, I don't mean this in how the right frames it. Like everything bad, they always, their knee jerk reaction is, oh, this is just going to help Trump. I think the question we should think about is will this substantially hurt him? Like, will this actually make the race between DeSantis and Trump closer? Because I don't think people are going to see this and be like, change their mind, switch from DeSantis to Trump. Like, it's not going to there's not going to be any added benefit from this. But I'm, I am curious to see if there is any drop. What do you guys think? Well, De- DeSantis is trying to make it into this again. Like, he's the CD figure. Oh, porn star. I would never do something like that. It's like, dude, that's Trump's whole cultivated image is that he's this like, uh, rascally playboy guy. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think it really changes any, that's what he's tried to be for the last 40 years of his public entertainment career. It's actually one of the funniest things about this case, which is that Trump didn't even need to bribe anybody to not talk. Like he could have just admitted that he had an affair uh, with an adult film actress on the campaign trail (laughs) and no one would have fucking cared. Oh my God. People are going to think I'm, I'm promiscuous. All that stuff (laughs) was revealed like while he was president, it made no fucking impact. Like this was really the, it was a, it was a premature move to even go through this whole like mobbed up routine of trying to bribe someone to, to not talk. Um, and yeah, I can't like, I I think, um, 
I, I don't know whether this thing, I do think this, this arrest is going to give him this kind of, or, you know, not arrest, but this indictment, whatever these legal consequences are, does give him this kind of credibility. It kind of restores this anti-establishment credibility, like we were mentioning. Um, I think that's going to be, unless some really legal consequences come through and he has to not, he can't run, um, which again, I really doubt. I think it will help him with the conservative movement. I don't really know if it'll help or hurt him against in a general election, but I do think if it if it does come down to that uh, a Trump versus Biden election that it's it's I wouldn't really feel comfortable picking like to say definitively that someone's gonna uh, you know come out ahead on that. I would certainly never after 2015, 2016, when I was one of the people saying to myself zero percent chance that Donald Trump could ever possibly win. Right. I'm not going to be someone that's going to um, say, oh yeah, of course he's going to be finished if <laughs> if this happens. Um, so. I don't know. I think I think it would be very close. You know, I don't think DeSantis would stand a chance against Biden, really. But there's a lot of very legitimate things that Republicans can hit Biden on. Um, there's there's a lot of people that are very disappointed with the Democrats and what Biden's done. Biden's being this lurch to the right, embracing this kind of tough on crime stuff um, on the environment, on a whole bunch of other issues. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think. It would have Trump would have a very good chance. I certainly wouldn't want to count him out, but yeah, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't want to. I think I'm through making pre- definitive predictions about uh, these kinds of things. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I can try to sketch out generally why I think it would burnish his anti-establishment credentials, which I think is important because people forget. But do you remember how crazy of an idea it was in 2016? It's like this fucking guy might win. Yeah, like how crazy. And we've all normalized that like naturally after four years of his being in office. Uh, but the effect of that for him is that he doesn't have that outsider um, re- reputation or sheen that, that he did. And that's really important to him, um, to, to his appeal, I, I would think. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I would imagine that this is going to help that, like what that's going to mean in the aggregate. I mean, he's such a, I mean, politics in general is just such a complicated thing to anticipate. And then Trump in particular is, is such a wild card in so many ways. I don't, I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's entertaining. I know it's like that's the kind of main thing that Trump has brought to the table, and he's turned American politics into yep. even more of a farce than it, than it already was. But I must admit, just like others, I've become I've become robbed of I've become addicted to going down, getting down to the slop, and uh, you know, really, really enjoying it. So, you know, what can I what can I say? I'm enjoying this. <laughs> well, there is there's a there's a poetic quality to. DeSantis bullying, you know, just the weakest, like teachers, uh, yeah. you know, like trans kids and stuff. And then to have the world's biggest bully <laughs> come after him, like it, there's just something so poetic about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like, man, you run with the bulls, you know, and, and now he's, it, what did he expect? What did he expect? <laughs> so I, I think I speak for all of us. We're all voting for him a third time. Yeah. I'm gonna get on my wow, U- number three. I'm gonna get all my U.S. Social Security numbers. I'm gonna be back in my bullshit. <laughs> I'm switching sides <laughs> this time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Ken, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Where can people uh, follow you, find more of your work, and subscribe to your Substack that you <laughs> you you clipped everyone with today? <laughs> 
I always save it for the most shockingly huge developments that is like, wait, you're using this for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my Substack is kenclebenstein.substack.com. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm the only Ken Clubenstein. And actually, there's one other Ken Clubenstein. He's an evil logging CEO in Canada of some <laughs> really? huge logging company, if I remember. Wow. Right. Yeah, there's one on other the show next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was not aware of that. So, that, so I'm the other one. I'm the, not the logging one. It would be funny okay, if it was just you, uh-huh. and this I was like your like more, alternate but... identity. In your spare time, you have a <laughs> no, look him up. You're moonlighting a as a, as a well, logging no, actually, oligarch. A, I typed in Klippenstein because I was curious about relatives, and there is a Glenn Klippenstein who is a Republican state official <laughs> in um, so, somewhere in the Midwest, I think, or maybe Nebraska or something. That's good. So there were a lot of paths I could have gone down, you guys, and I'm yeah, you know, it could be a lot worse, a lot more evil of a person than I am. Well, we're happy that you're uh, well, Ken. Thank you, you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, Ken. Uh, we will unfortunately probably see you again. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Insurgents. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or at Substack, theinsurgents.substack.com. You'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your inbox as well as our newsletter. On Twitter, we are at InsurgentsPod. Tweet at us, harass Ken in our replies, and then send us your hate mail to theinsurgentspod at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. <laughs>